Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, Elliot Shore Parks joins this show on this Tuesday afternoon alongside Jack Fritz and Ike Reese. What's happening, E? Man, that's the first time I've heard that not through the phone. I know. It's, it's a great song. It- I need that, like, uh, you know, listen to in the car or something. Uh, add a little pep in your stuff? Yeah. Uh, Sounds yeah, good. It is. It's very positive. Uh, Elliot's uh, sponsorship today is BQ Basements and Concrete, Foundation Repair, Basement Waterproofing, and Crawl Space Experts. Call today for a free inspection. To book your appointment, go to basementsbybq.com. Before we get into everything, Elliot, I mean, what do you think about what we're throwing out here today? A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain. Obviously, the Eagles should do it. Obviously, they should not. And, and I think that the premise of this, I think they will happily pay Devontae and AJ. Mm-hmm. That's my guess, is that you know this time next year or, or by the time training camp starts, even by the time OTAs start, I expect Devontae to have a deal that will make him one of the top paid receivers in the league, and they will just pay both of them. If you look around the league, the best quarterbacks, and we always say Jalen needs an all-star cast around him. All these quarterbacks have great uh, players around him. And one thing I learned, I will say from Mike, during our whole Carson debate, was I was wrong. Like, Carson didn't have any talent around him. And I did the whole, well, he's a, you know, franchise quarterback. He should be able to do it himself. It doesn't matter who's out there. Mm-hmm. I was wrong about that. And yeah. I think to put Jalen in that situation would be foolish. Mm-hmm. Like, they need help on defense for sure. But getting Patrick Sertain is like a drop in the bucket on the defensive side of the ball. He's not coming in and changing anything, in my opinion. Yeah, but if you put AJ, if you take AJ off this offense, you go from an offense that might not be like top 15 in the league. Well, here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing is that. The difference is, is that Carson, when you were arguing that, it was it was like Alshon who was ancient. It right. was Nelson Aguilar or whatever. There is still Devonte here. There is still Dallas Goddard here. He has a he has enough. If he's if he's as great as people like to make him out to be, he does have so enough. Devonte is awesome. We saw Devonte. Now, granted, he was a rookie as a number one receiver. It's just a different role. Like AJ takes the responsibility from the deep from the defense when the defense game plans. In my opinion, they game plan more for AJ than they do yeah, Devontae. But, but they also shut him down in the last, what, seven weeks of the year? I mean, well, the whole offense got shut down. Right. Yeah. You told me all, all year the offense <laughs> well, the, was fine and Brian Johnson was great. Well, yeah, job, when but, was this offense good? For those, like, seven or eight weeks where AJ was putting up 125 yards yeah. a game. And then they, they took him out of that, and he, and the offense wasn't as dynamic. Yeah, see, 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 here's where I come in at. I think Kansas City is not the blueprint you want to look at. Uh, that's Patrick Mahomes, that's Andy Reid, that's Travis Kelsey. Well, I was going to say real quick, like Travis Kelsey is arguably just as good as AJ. I know oh, they no, play I different. Well, no, that's I what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Not yes. anymore, though. Huh? <laughs> you watched the playoffs. Did you see that game? Yeah. yeah. But Travis Kelsey's whole yeah. year has, has, had, has had a down. Year. He had a down stretch for like five or six yeah. games. But, I mean, he's still – he is a number one receiver. Yes. Is what Travis is. Yes. Yeah, yeah I don't know how anybody can, can, can argue that – and you got to look at our own situation and say this this situation requires as much talent as you can get mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. The Chiefs have the number two scoring defense in the league. Their offense isn't tasked with scoring 24, 30 points a game. Or maybe they would be out of the playoffs already. Right? So they can do it with the lack of receiving power that they have because other areas of their team – is already strong. Now, that's just one when you try to use the Chiefs as an example. The other teams that made it to this point, or not to the Super Bowl necessarily, but even your Final Four or just the teams that were deep in the playoffs, you usually have two guys. You take the San Francisco 49ers, for example, 
if you were to take either Ayuk or Debo off the team, mm-hmm. would they be as dangerous as an offense? No, they're obviously more dangerous with both guys. So that's the way I look at the Eagles, and they don't even have the running back that the 49ers have, right? And they still need that amount of talent. And I'm not going to get into the whole quarterback thing. My point is It that also does help. They're paying him like $900,000. It does. It, uh, it does. But Jalen's contract isn't ridiculous right now, so you don't yeah, have to His cap hit next on. year is like $13 million. Yeah, you don't have to move on from him. And getting rid of that caliber of talent, I don't think it helps your team, it hurts your team, especially if you're replacing it with a defensive guy. I love defense, and I love Patrick Sertain. He just doesn't have the same impact on the wins as an A.J. Brown does. Well, and I also think one one thing I disagree with on the take A.J. off the roster thing is the talent on the offense is not as deep as we make it out to be. First of all, the middle of the offensive line is a major question mark next year. If Kelsey's mm-hmm. not back, and we don't know if Jurgens is a good right guard. So really, no matter what the combination is, I guess if Kelsey comes back, it'll be the same. But there's a really good chance that the interior three are taking snaps together for the first time. So we don't know if the offensive line is going to be very good. DeAndre Swift is a free agent. We don't know if he'll be back. Goddard, for as good as he is, was not really involved in the offense uh, last year. So maybe without A.J., he would get more involved. I would hope so. But we don't know if Goddard is someone that can be like a true number two, you know, eight, nine, ten targets a game guy. So the offensive talent, and then we all know besides Devontae and A.J., they have nothing at wide receiver. So if you lose A.J., you now enter a point where you need a lot of things on offense to go right. Like you need your interior offensive line to be great. You have to either re-sign DeAndre or, or hit on that draft pick. And then you have to make a massive move at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have they have draft picks. It's easier to find receivers in the draft than it is cornerbacks, especially for this team. I, is it, I don't know if that's to true. Find great wide receivers. But it's easier to find a great receiver all over the draft than it is a great cornerback. Is that true? The Eagles have gone to the Super Bowl multiple times without using anything of of substance at corner. You want to know why? Why? Because they traded for him. Okay, then trade for another corner. But the, Certain. Yeah, but, but you're talking about giving up arguably one of the best assets in the entire franchise. Like, even if you include draft picks, how many people on the roster and draft picks are more valuable than AJ? A- AJ's a great player. I'm not, I'm not No, I know, but, but, but you're talking about investing a resource, a resource into a cornerback position that, in my opinion, you're investing too much into. Like, they got Darius Slay for a third-round pick. They got James Bradbury, who, granted, not great now, but when they got him, they signed him in, what, July? They, they won the Super Bowl with uh, Ronald Darby, who was, I believe they traded Jordan Matthews for. Uh-huh. And I know that hurt. I know, I know that hurt. hurt. I still remember where I was, where I found out. <laughs> and, and Jalen Mills, right? So, so they have, they have seen, uh, showed that you can find good cornerback play for a lot cheaper than trading A.J. Brown. Because the other part of this is, A.J. Brown is arguably the most important player on the offense. Like, if you said to me I had to lose one player, I would, feel, I would have felt more confident in a way going into that Tampa Bay game with Marcus Mariota and, and having A.J. than no A.J. and Jalen. When Jalen hasn't had A.J. in his career, it has well, not been good. Let's not go that far. You watch Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. I did. Yeah. But, but A.J. puts it all together. How could, he does. Uh, look look he what happened in that the game. They scored. Too. They scored nine points without him. He man. was a part of the collapse, he was, too. He was, but I, like he puts he puts the offense all together. He makes Devontae better. He makes Jalen better. He makes the passing game work, which help, which helps the uh, the running game. Like losing AJ yeah. would be a massive no, he's blow. A dog. He's a that's listen and 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 quite frankly, listen. I know sometimes the the the, the attitude can can go over the top at times, once or twice this year. But the talent level, I think, makes it. Tolerable, for now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, is he slowing down or something? Like he's only twenty six years old. But I don't know what the situation is. I gotta get. I gotta. I, I listen. I gotta have AJ. We we cried about receivers around here for a decade, man. Mm-hmm. And now we got two of them, and we want to get rid of one one of them. Like it's so easy to find another one. And this dude is gonna be for whatever you may think he is is a headache. He is a dog. He is a dog out there on the field. Well, I, mean, I mean that from a dog mentality. That's what he has out mm-hmm. there on the field. You And I feel more confident with him on the field, in the lineup, through that visor, the damn arms, everything else, being the way that it is. That, like, that's, I, I love Devontae. I don't have the same confidence level with Devontae as I do with AJ and we going into battle. Well, I believe Devontae's going to fight. 
But we're going to be fighting an awful long time. With AJ, at least I know we, we've got a chance to end this thing yeah, quick, sooner quick, rather quick than knockout. later. Yeah. So as far as AJ in the locker room, because I think your point, Jack, is fair. Like, who knows where this is going to go? Midway through next year, if it gets ugly, like all that. No, nah, I'm going to put that on Jalen. Well, so Get was, it fixed. So this is where I was going with it. <laughs> I was going to put it on Hugh. Get it fixed. Don't send Hugh down there. No, <laughs> right. don't send and, him down there. And, and I know, yeah. I know we're going down a hypothetical road here, but the Eagles, when Carson was here, they got rid of Malcolm because they thought it would help in the like that it would help Carson be more of a leader in the locker room. Malcolm was a great player, and they've never really been able to replace him. I think if you take the locker room into consideration, because first of all, AJ is very popular. He's a good locker room guy. He's a captain. All those things. But if you take like locker room dynamics into consideration, mm-hmm. I think that's a mistake. Like you keep the talented players on your roster. Even outside of the Patrick Sertain thing. Because you could just trade a first-round pick for Sertain, and I think— I'd rather do that. Yes, but but let's just take that off the table. Like, I think the idea of removing AJ from the locker room because of off-the-field things is, is A, a mistake, and B, I, it would be the similar mistake that they made around Carson. And what I like so far this offseason is they, they got rid of Jalen's quarterback coach. They're going to bring in a new one, right? They got rid of the offense coordinator. Like, they, they are making decisions for the franchise, not for Jalen. So what, what's, your, what's your take on the, uh, the Kellen Moore hiring? Kellen Moore, I think the Kellen Moore hiring is like, I'm going to try to use a golf analogy here, like a straight Uh-oh. hit down the fairway. Like, it's it's not a hole-in-one. It's not anything, like, crazy. It's not a, you know, a shake off to the how left. How far down? Is it like a 200-yard, like an old man drive down the – Well, I mean, like, I, you know, 250, 250? Okay, yeah. so a French yeah, drive. A drive. Yeah, it's a, yeah. French, it's a French drive. I think Kellen Moore will come in and do a, and do a good job. Like I, I don't think it's he's a coming. Big take. I don't. Well, I'm saying I don't think he's coming in with some like new crazy offensive scheme we haven't seen and all these plays that are going to blow our mind. He's been an offensive coordinator in the league for five straight years. I would guess there's not another primary offensive play caller that's not a head coach that has done that for five straight years, and now it'll be six straight years. So I think he is a good play caller. I think he is a good hire. I think he's going to bring a lot of experience. But I, I, I don't think it's like – like, if they brought the enemy in, I would be thinking, like, that's a home run slam dunk hire. Like, you are bringing in the top of the top. I think Kellen Moore is a, is a good hire. He's fine. Yeah, I think he's, he's a fine hire. And I know this uh, – it might be sounding like I'm making a leap here, but if you're 36, you're a former quarterback, and you've had the offenses that he's had and hasn't, haven't gotten a head coaching job yet, it's kind of a red flag. Well, that, that, so that's the point I'm making. That, that's why I think – Well, he's not head coaching material. Right. And now a positive for that could be maybe he will be here for another five or six yeah. years. Cause, and look, Ben Johnson kept the job today. So the Shocking. Fear, it's good it news for shocking. the Eagles. Bad news for the Eagles. It's good news for the Eagles. No, it's bad news. Why is it bad news for the because Eagles? Because now Detroit's a contender. I was going to okay. say, I, if they I think it's more bad news if they for the Eagles. If yeah. they would have lost Ben Johnson, I think you could not write Detroit off, but they're, they're a major question going into next year. Washington wasn't winning anything next year with no. Ben Johnson. No. So maybe long-term, you're right, it would have been bad news. But for next year, I think it's definitely good news. Well, good news. it's good news for me, or, or, or in my in my opinion. If you think they're going to get him. Because Nick Sirianni, maybe he flounders this year, and I can bring in Ben Johnson. So are, are we sure that Nick's on the hot seat? I think it's like a, a an assumed thing here. They've stuck with him now through you know a very real opportunity to fire him. I I don't I'm not so sure that if you know obviously if they win four games I think he's probably gone. But I don't think it's like Super Bowl or bust or get to the conference championship. I think Nick's job security is stronger than people are making it out to be. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I, I think that if next year is similar to this year, I don't know how you can bring him back, especially when there's I mean there could be other options out there. Well, well depend- if next year's this year's eleven and six, he's definitely coming back. It depends how it goes, no. I guess. I mean, Hopefully, yeah, if he's eleven and six and gets to the playoffs for four straight years, I mean, yeah, he would have to obviously collapse the same exact way. Right. Well, that's that hasn't happened in a hundred years, so I don't yeah. expect it to happen in back to back years. But if they win eleven and six, is all I'm saying, mm-hmm. and they make the playoffs, that's four straight years. To to your point, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think. These even coordinators, unless they were told something else, you think they didn't ask that question before they took a job where it could just be a one-year deal? Move right. Vic Fangio left Miami to come up here for a coach who may get fired next year, who's on a hot seat. Mm-hmm. I don't think Vic Fangio would do that, so he must have got some type of assurance that at least his job is secure. Unless he thinks he's this might parlay into a future head coaching job. Uh It'd be more likely that Moore would be the head See, coach than I, it is. Fetching. I, I kind of think baked yeah. into this, though, is a perception that, that Nick's not going to have a major output on how this season goes or that he's not doing anything or what's he even doing. Oh, the pressure's off, Nick. No, but look at this past weekend. Dan Campbell does exactly what Nick does. He doesn't mm-hmm. call plays, right? Mm-hmm. And why did the Lions lose that game? Dan because Campbell. he made two fourth-down decisions. So how is this season going to play out 
this season. Like, it will play out where Nick will have a bigger impact on this year in a lot of ways than Kellen Moore will. Like, Nick, Nick is still the most important. No, 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 no. Nick no. is still Kellen the, Moore's Nick, designing yeah. the offense. So is Nick. No, he's not. But but no, also he's not. Nick, Nick is the most. Nick is the if most he important. Is, coach. If he is, I will be on the. Get me in front of the Delaware. Why? Because <laughs> he stinks at it. How's he, he stinks? How's he stinks? He stinks at it. How, then why were they seventh in the league in points? They're so, oh, it's so amazing. It it's is. Why, it is. why is the it is. whole entire offensive coach Ke- have been blown? Kellen out. Moore, I think, was what twenty fourth in the league in points last year or something like that. Okay. Okay. So what? So why? So why they move on from Brian Johns for Kellen Moore then? I think they made him. Well, I shouldn't say they think they made a mistake because I do think new ideas are needed. But the idea that Nick is bad at offense is wrong. Why did they? It's wrong. So then why did they? Because I think they need the, new ideas. Do you think? Why? Doug, do you think Doug Peterson's good at offense? No. Okay. Well, Doug, <laughs> where, where's the proof? Doug's Doug, offense was good when he was here. Doug's offense was okay. The, it was good the but, first year. But first what, two years what they here. didn't do around Doug was they didn't put new people around him. They didn't bring people from outside the organization, right? I think they're, they're, they're correcting the mistake they made there. If they didn't think Nick was good at offense, he'd be gone. Yeah, what, what would stop him from getting rid of him? Because they, I think they believe in they, – they want the CEO-type head coach for a year to see how it goes. But but Nick Nick is going to be in all the offensive meetings. I agree that this – Well, he said he's going to join some defensive meetings. I know. I, know I think he that. just said that. I can't imagine he's going to be in a ton of <laughs> – Fangio? Him no, and Fangio. I don't think Vic Fangio needs – Yeah, Nick, Nick might be there. there, but I don't yeah. think – yeah. I, I think we're underselling, because of a press conference, Nick's role in this. Like, obviously, Kellen Moore is going to be calling plays. Brian Johnson called plays. Mm-hmm. Shane Steichen called mm-hmm. plays. It's going to be Kellen Moore's offense. We all are now saying it was Shane Steichen's offense before, right? So I do think that ultimately Nick is going to have a major say in how this goes. And I think just because Kellen Moore is in doesn't mean that Nick is, like, just along for the ride. Nick is the driver of the team. Let's and, and he does have the veto power of deciding when to go for it, when not to go. Well, yeah, so I was the, think- the fourth down decision. So I was thinking about this, like the the decision in the um, Detroit San Francisco game where Detroit ran the ball on thir- or second down, right? Mm-hmm. At the end at, of the game. At the end of the game, I think it was third down, by the way. Okay, third down, but the no. run the running play yeah, at, at the goal down. line, yeah. right? Yeah. So take like go on this hypothetical. It's a Eagles game. It's a big play. All those things. Kellen Moore wants to run the ball there. Nick doesn't. Like, how do you think that plays out? Because I do think in Detroit, it's very clear Ben Johnson was making all those calls and Dan Campbell wasn't stepping no, in. No, Kellen's going to run the ball. That's what, So you think in like a critical, not not like a go for it, all those. The, actual, the head coach says, give me your best running play here. Run the football. Kellen Moore is running the football. Well, that, no, if he well, does it, go ahead. I'm sorry. What he's saying is that if, if Sirianni says pass the ball, Kellen Moore says run the ball. Who, who, who gets, gets that to, say? Who, that, that's what oh, I think it's interesting. Nick Sirianni. You think so? Yes. Okay. I, but it's I, the other way around, right? I no, I know. Moore was the passing guy. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, in key moments, when it comes to the strategy of running or passing, I know Kellen calls the plays. Do you think I know Nick, what you're saying. Do you think Nick still has the authority to step in and say, no, Kellen, we're not running it here. We are throwing the ball. Yes, I do believe you he has that authority, but it's about when does he exercise that authority. Does he overuse that authority? He's hired here to do a job, so you trust that you're putting that trust in him. And as mm-hmm. long as he shows you that – you know, you're rewarding his trust by making calls that are successful. I think Nick Sirianni stays out of the way. It's when you have a coordinator who doesn't know what he's doing and he's making play calls, it forces Nick Sirianni to get involved. That's what happened last year. Yeah. That's what happened last year. Brian Johnson wasn't calling great games. You forced Nick Sirianni to get involved. Had you been winning like Shane Steichen and the offense was humming, then Nick Sirianni would have stayed out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I think, right? I think too, like we, a, we we show he he's shown that he did that. And I think as a result of that too, we probably underestimated how like thin Nick was stretched on the sideline between two new defensive coordinators, a first time offensive coordinator. I wonder if if the if he does have a good relationship with Kellen and Kellen's doing a good job, and obviously Vic is very experienced, and, mm-hmm. and so is Kellen Moore. If Nick will be better at situational football and kind of the sloppiness will go away because he can concentrate more on that. Instead of, I don't want to say like holding hands, but instead yeah. of getting used to working with two first-time coordinators. You can't tell me something wasn't going on on that sideline all year. Between the AJ mm-hmm. thing that happened early in the season, Jason Kelsey out there with the Rams, yep. you know, the, 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 Devontae, the, Devontae, the timeouts, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. Like something is going on over on that sideline that he obviously has to pay more attention to. And, you know, Next year, they should have more of a control of that to where he's not running a daycare on the sideline. Well, so where he has to worry about so many other things. Last year, going into the season, the coordinators had a combined one year of experience on the job. Now they have 25 years. 
So I do think that just that experience alone is going to make this team better. Let's sneak in a call here. Mr. Shorehands in West Oak Lane. What's happening, uh, Mr. Shore? Oh, this is going well. This is going well. Mr. Shorehands, are you there? No, he's not. From there. a far away, I thought that was my name. I know. Right? I yeah. know. What's up, uh, Jimmy? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's, what's up, Jimmy? Up, Jimmy? Hey, um, Jack, listen, man. I love you. Huge fan. Um, high hopes auto downloader. Clap your hands auto downloader. Oh, uh, look at that. Uh, look at that. that. <laughs> um, Elliot, oh, huge fan, too. Um, listen, I think you're absolutely crazy, man, talking about trading A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain. Mm-hmm. The last time we had a receiver like A.J. Brown, dude, I was in the fifth grade when we had Terrell Owens. Yeah, I was the in fourth grade. grade. Do you know, like, I'm, a, I'm 30 years old now. I'm a married man. That was a lifetime ago. How long <laughs> have we been in wide receiver purgatory? Hey, uh, Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, Hank Basket, Kevin Curtis, Dante Stallworth, Nelson Aguilar. Like, come on, man. Well, so, do, like, do you that, think – well, what about Devontae? So, wait, Jimmy, real quick. Let me just cut yeah. in. I don't think that's sure. a I, – I get your point, but I don't think that's a good way to make a decision. Right? I think the reason you keep AJ is because he is one of the best receivers in the league and he's hard to replace. Like, the Eagles not having a great receiver for a long time, it's – I agree that you feel then the impact of trading AJ more uh, – trading him more than you would otherwise – but AJ, you just don't trade him because he's a great player. Like point blank, period. I don't think it has to do with the team's long, long experience of not having a great receiver. No, no, and, and well, but that's my point. Now I'm mm-hmm. saying we have two of the great young receivers in the league, and Devontae yeah. Smith and AJ Brown, two arguably top eight receivers in the league, and and you want to trade him for another great player in Patrick Sertain, which I would love to have Patrick Sertain on the team, but I would rather trade a first-round pick or two first-round picks for a guy like that and, and, and keep this young core on offense. I mean, these are uh, – A.J. Brown is a game-changing player, mm-hmm. and, and he's a, a rare talent, and I think if you trade him, that's just a, a really big mistake. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jimmy. I, I just think that it comes down to financials on top of this as well. Yeah, but, but, but why financials? Because it, because it matters. Like, it matters. There are a quarterback making $255 million, $200 million receivers, like, the, already a, a very high-priced offensive line. Yeah. I mean, what is the defense going to look like? I know you're anti-defense, but defense matters. <laughs> well, all right, but, but think about this, right? So they already have A.J. under You're contract. anti-defense, right? No, I wouldn't say I'm anti-defense. <laughs> I would just say offense matters way more. Well, you did say it was a luxury. Yeah, it's a luxury. It's fun to talk about. It doesn't win you championships. Did the, you- the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are a good example, but the Chiefs also have the best quarterback of all time. So yeah, I don't and they know. They scored 17 points I know, Sunday. I know, but I'm just saying, like building after the Chiefs model to me is not. It's not building after the Chiefs model. It, it's 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 re- realizing that having 200 million dollar receivers just doesn't happen. I mean, they're gonna the, the, that the, is hard to do. The Bengals are gonna let T Higgins go. I mean, well, like, I think that's a mistake. The, so, so let's look at the Eagles. Buffalo current. might let Stephon Diggs go, and I think that's a mistake. Well, that is a <laughs> huge mistake. Yeah, but but let's just look at the Eagles cap situation right now. So they have Jalen under contract at his current deal. They have all the offensive linemen under contract. They have uh. AJ under contract. They have Goddard under contract. Mm-hmm. They still have like $40 million in cap. Devontae? Yeah, Landon. Devontae's cap hit next year, if he signs a $100 million contract, will be like $5 million. Landon? Yeah, Landon's will yeah. probably be $3 million. Well, because with Devontae's deal, you still got two years before it even actually kicks in. So you're really right. signing an extension. He's just getting upfront money. With this you know what I mean? Like he's still he's only coming off his third year, so he still has two years left on his original. Right, deal. and what it really comes down to is I'm still investing more resources in the offensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball is not a luxury, is not like overrun with talent right now. The interior is an issue. Everyone didn't care if Sayamalu left. He's like, oh well, just say, they missed Sayamalu this year. I think he was the player they missed almost more than any of them. Like Chauncey Gardner Johnson is up there, but you look at all the communication issues they had on the offensive line. If you would say Amalu in there, I think they're better against the Blitz. I think their protection's better. So the say Amalu loss was a big one. They, if you lose AJ, then you have to go out and infuse an, another big time resource on a on a receiver. So I, I am still investing all like most of the money into the offensive side of the ball. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's Elliot Short Parks. It's Tuesdays with Elliot on the other side. Some thoughts on the Sixers because there's a big trade deadline next week that we got to get into, including a big name that could be available. Uh, and plus some of takeaways from Championship Weekend and a whole lot more. It's the afternoon show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. It's the Afternoon Show, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Elliot Shore Parks in studio Tuesdays with Elliot. Uh, and speaking of Elliot and I, we'll be out at McGurk's on Thursday night in yes, Horsham sir. talking uh, and hanging out uh, before the Sixers game, a little clap-your-hands watch party. One week Woo. away from the deadline. One week-ish away from the deadline. Oh, Thursday, yeah. Not, yeah, Thursday. Not today. Yeah. Not today. The event, uh, I'm saying. The event is one week away from the deadline. So if you want our uh, our trade deadline thoughts, but really, I mean, you're probably there for more Phillies and, and, and Eagles stuff. Sixers. All on the table. It's all on I mean, the table. It's all in the mix. We are the top two, I would say, Sixers voices on the station. Yeah, and we're definitely not adding one in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That, 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 that does not need, you know, his, his Sixers <laughs> You guys are bringing in there. a music guy. Yeah, we're bringing in a music guy. A radio man. The Spike guest can deliver. As yeah. they would say. Uh, but the, the, the trade deadline is next week. Yeah. And, you know, the Sixers have an opportunity here. Uh, like It seems like it's going to be the early you know, tea leave reading is it's going to be more of a minor move. You know, the Bogdanovich kid from from Atlanta. Atlanta? Nah, he's a good shooter. The other Bogdanovich kid from. from he's, he's not a kid. I he's don't not think. a kid. I yeah. think he's older than well, me. Well, the Bogdanovich is Detroit? older. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, no, I like the one that plays for Atlanta. Right. That's the yeah. one that's the good shooter. That's how well, we. That's what we shooters. say. The Hawks one and the Pistons one. Yeah. 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 They're both good shooters. I think the Pistons one's a better shooter. Yeah. Forty two. Forty two percent. The Hawks one's a better player. Right. Yeah. Okay, I yeah, know I'll it was the reason that. why I like the the Hawks one more than. But well, we also saw him like knock the Sixers out of the playoffs. Yes, I think that's what it was. Sure, yes, yeah. that's what it was. That yeah. helped. Uh, but I will say the Pistons one is balding and is still in the league, so that suggests <laughs> knows how to <laughs> play the game. New balances. He's balding. Yeah, yeah he's got, I think he's got a bald spot. But uh, I was I was uh, perusing obviously Twitter this morning, and our good old friend Kevin O'Connor uh, writes the article about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And he writes this, if a breakup is inevitable, I can't help but wonder whether the best time for both LeBron and the Lakers to make a change is now ahead of the deadline. James could join a contender and Los Angeles could get something in return. Would the Heat, Knicks, or Sixers make an all-in move Mm. to go get LeBron James? Elliot, your thoughts? I would trade for LeBron. (laughs) I would trade for LeBron. Um, The Sixers, I think, have a chance to win a title as is, but... If you can add a winner like LeBron, someone that's won in the playoffs, someone that has been out of the second round obviously multiple times, someone that in big games you can go to, I would do it. I mean, like, if you trade Toby and a first-round pick, Toby and two first-round picks, I don't think the the price for LeBron will be that high because he's an older player. It's a short-term thing. But if you add LeBron to this roster, LeBron's still averaging 26, 7, and 8. Like He is still a great player. He's shooting, I think, almost 40% from three. It's only on about five-and-a-half attempts, but – He's still a high-quality uh, high three-point shooter. He could run point guard. 
He could be the uh, the off guard next to Max if you wanted to keep doing that because he can shoot. And he's a smart player. So I think Embiid would still be the focal point. If you can get LeBron, I would definitely do it. Well, he's not soft. Anthony Davis is soft as charming. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I know they, they technically the won the title, title. Yeah. and the midseason tournament title. But, yeah, go get LeBron at the deadline. Well, the question is, is LeBron the number one target? Would you go LeBron, Zach Levine? I like Mikel Bridges out of Brooklyn, but I don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah, I would go for him if you're if you asking me of those those three. Bring Ben back? Yeah, No. <laughs> Uh, LeBron. Oh, LeBron. Ben went off last night. Yeah. Like double, yeah. What, do you have 10 win. points? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fountain of points. Had the, the Sixers numbers. Yeah. Um, LeBron would be strictly for, I don't know, marketing purposes. Oh, it's, I don't think LeBron gives me any better chance to win than Zach Levine does. I could not disagree more. I mean, we're, we're talking about LeBron here. He gets to add it into Yeah, the, I know. Yeah, well, they, well, LeBron's one of the most clutch players of the past, what, 15 years? 20 years. Yeah. 20 years, Zach, yeah. Zach, I like Zach Levine. We're on the same team with that. I'm in on Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I think I think Levine – yeah, you're wrong about Zach Levine. I don't, I don't think I'm wrong about Zach Levine. Z- Zach, I don't think you are. He's got a robust market. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely wrong. His contract's bad. But, yeah. but in terms of what the Sixers need, you put him with Nick Nurse and Bede, Maxie. I think he's exactly what they need. LeBron, the benefit of LeBron is he has been in the playoffs a bunch. Yeah. Zach Levine is not. So The benefit of LeBron is his great content for us to talk about. That's well, the only benefit. On the court, he helps a ton. Yeah, I don't know how he would play with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. You don't think he would run the point? Yeah, but doing what? Is you bringing LeBron here to run the point? Well, I think the, the benefit of LeBron would be you bring him in here to kind of run the offense. Joel's still the top guy, but then if – Joel's doing the Joel thing, and Maxie's like too small for the playoffs. You have LeBron to then go to. I think LeBron would take away from Maxie. Well, there are there are reports that they want to move Maxie off ball. You know? Yeah, yeah, he'd go stand in the corner and wait for LeBron to kick it to you. Well, would you take Maxie into consideration when making this move? Like, who's more important, Embiid or Maxie? Embiid. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. So if the player's going to come in and help Embiid, I'm not oh, worried about, well, about I, stunting Maxie's development. Yeah, but, th- but hold on. We're not we're – not, listen, I, I think you need Maxie and his offensive um, scoring power, his aggressiveness. You know, LeBron is this pace and slow, and sometimes he's all in and then sometimes he's not. Mm. You know, Embiid has to get his in. You know, nobody's playing defense because LeBron doesn't play defense. Right. Well, Embiid's yeah. there. He's, he cleans everything yeah, up. And, you know, and, and, and with Joel, I got to, you know, I'm going to wonder what's his health going to be like coming down the Well, that's why here. you need LeBron. No, LeBron takes nights off too. He's out every other night. Yeah, but not in the playoffs. I'd be curious to look and see how many playoffs. Listen, he had a nice run last year. It's great. Yeah. I think it'll be the last significant thing he does of his career. As Not far if he as comes here. As far as winning. If he if he comes here, they'll probably win the title. No. Certainly has a better chance to win the title. I'm out. Then he does with the Lakers, sure. Ba- he does. Boston's in their way. Well, if if you lay, if they lay out. Yeah, who's yeah, who's LeBron guarding? Tatum? Well, they don't have anybody to guard Tatum regardless. Or Jalen Brown? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to. You, no, you would have to give up Toby. Toby guards those guys. That's true. You're yeah, right, yeah, so you, it's addition by subtraction. You lost PJ. You can't let him go to the Heat or Knicks, though. You know, I mean, if those are the other teams, it's Sixers, Heat, or Knicks. I'll yeah, say I mean, he ain't going to the Heat. I don't think he's going back. <laughs> to the heat. I, I don't think I LeBron's going to get traded. I think he wants to stay in LA where. Of course, he's not getting yeah. traded. <laughs> yeah. This dude doesn't care about winning a title. You know that LeBron is. He's waiting on Bronny. To get to the NBA, he's biding his time. His career, his legacy is already stamped. He knows that he's just adding points to his career, so he can be the you know he's already the all-time scoring leader. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get LeBron, you get Bronny next year. He's that second-round pick on Bronny. That is the one upside to it. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and he signed Bron- LeBron long-term. Is Bronny going to little Bronny going to be? Is Bronny going to be better than Maxi? No, but he's it's the same position. I know, but he can yeah. he can play off the bench. He needs he need scoring oh, off the bench. Yes, yeah, it's about building seven. a whole. It's about building a whole roster. If the Sixers have a chance to get LeBron and it costs you two firsts and Toby, you do that deal every yes. single day of the week. Yeah, go go get LeBron. I do it. You, I'm just saying I don't expect to win with him. That's all I'm saying. But it gives you a better chance to win with him. Maybe. I think, def- I, think, I, think I think in your mind it gives you a better chance. I feel like if they get stuck, you know, where the last couple of years they've gotten stuck, where mm-hmm. it's like Embiid can't score because it's tougher to get the ball to the big man in the playoffs. Maxie's too small. You have LeBron out there that you can yeah. throw the ball to and, yeah. and go have him get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. Give me that. Well, that's what it really comes down to. Are they, do you have a better chance to win with Toby or LeBron? I think it comes down to more than that. 
Because you got to think about what Toby does to the offense versus what LeBron's going to do to the offense. Toby is a role player Mm -hmm. in the offense. Doesn't need the ball all the time in his hands, right? It will do some dirty work. LeBron is there. He has to orchestrate everything. Everything has to be catered to him. The ball, he's going to be ball dominant. I don't know. I feel like he's done a better job catering to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis just won't take and the torch. And where's it gotten him? Well, I know, well, but, but to Ike's point, if you bring LeBron in, you are rebuilding the offense. Yes, there's no doubt you are. And now you're a better roster, so you could argue it's worth it, and like this is why you have Nick Nurse. Sticking with Toby is basically just hoping this team's like, you know, gel, like how they're playing is going to take them on a deep run. What do you think about the NBA situation? How worried are you about the knee? I'm worried about the knee. But I was also disappointed he didn't play on Saturday. Now, oh, but now, he couldn't jump. I mean, what did you, you want him to do? Well, if he couldn't jump, why did he warm up? Like, would he go out on the court and figure out right there he couldn't jump? Like, I, I think that he should have been on the injury report, obviously. So the Sixers set this up where the Sixers created the, the narrative that now is going to follow him. It, like, if he's on the injury report, if he's questionable, if he doesn't warm up, then it's why he was too hurt to play. There'll still be people that criticize him. But what they did was they made it, didn't put him on the injury report. It was clear he was planning on playing. He went and did the warm-up, or at least most of it. I don't know if he finished it. And he got scratched 20 minutes before. I've defended Embiid on these airwaves for the last year, two years. Like I've always been an Embiid guy. But to me, Saturday was very frustrating. Like It does get tiring. Of like He's a great player. He's the best player in the league, but he's at his best. But it's always something. And I think this idea of being cautious with him it hasn't worked. Like, it's not like they've been cautious with him over these past few years and he's healthy in the playoffs. I think Joel would benefit from, like, playing through things sometimes. You know, not to sound like, you know, rub some dirt on it and get out there. Like, if he's hurt, he's hurt and he can't play. But I do think sooner or later we have to get past this point of when Joel's not 100%, he doesn't play. That's a big game. It's prime time. Like, it's not that big of a game. It is a big game. It's a primetime game against a team that is a potential finals contender. You could argue going into the year there's 10 Sixers games that really matter. The two games versus the Nuggets are two of those games. So I was disappointed he didn't get out there. And and what was also concerning to me is, like, Iverson, that's my guy. Uh-oh. I always felt like with Iverson, you had to drag him out of the stadium for him not to play. I just wonder how, how bad Joel really wanted to play in that game. Like, I, I get the sense that it's like, Joel's not feeling great. The staff doesn't think he looks good. He's like, all right, he won't play. But then why did, No why, big deal. But it is a big deal. Then it's why a big did, deal that he misses all these games. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal he might not win MVP now. Well, it's not. That I wish it is a big deal. Why either. did he sit last night? He's hurt. I agree, he's hurt. Okay, but I'm so talking then why about, are you mad at him I'm for talking about the per, I'm talking about the perception it it, mm-hmm. it that can't, was going up that. to that yeah. game. Yeah, and we're NBA supporters, but it it becomes tiring to have to, I don't know, justify all of this. Like it's it's hard for for pro Joel and B people to combat the negativity that comes when discussing Joel Embiid when you're always giving qualifiers. Like, I, I as a pro Joel Embiid guy, would love to just not have to give a qualifier. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, let's just talk about him as a basketball player, what he's doing every night, like you do with everybody else. Like, if 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 he wasn't in this town, I don't know if we would respect Joel Embiid the way we do because he's a oh, player. Oh, let, let, let's be clear here. If 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 Jokic didn't play in Philly for five straight years, we would say he's a coward, he's yeah. ducking. We wouldn't sit here being like, well, in 2020, he was actually in the middle of a yeah. nine-game stretch where he was missing games. Like, last year, Joel didn't play in Denver, right? I, I don't. I think he that was a, like a cautious one, too. And he might be really hurt, right? So that could be the case. But regardless, if, if Embiid wasn't a Philly athlete, we would for sure look at this and go, this guy is ducking Jokic. Well, I'm sorry that you guys have a tough time defending Joel Embiid, but if he's hurt and he's yeah, not playing, but then, like, but then I, why did if he couldn't jump? Think about how dramatic he, that is. And he wasn't on the injury report. Yeah, I know, but things change. Maybe I have no idea. But if he if he plays last night, then yeah, I think it, it, it's fishy. No, it's it, fishy. Uh, no, the, no. <laughs> see, no. So you're using last night to justify what happened Saturday, and I that's probably what the Sixers want. That's why he didn't play last night. It's a lot easier to say, you see, he had to miss another game. Mm. But why wasn't he on the injury report? Why did he finish the Pacer game? And why did he warm up Saturday if he was if he had so much swelling in his knee that he couldn't even jump off the floor? Well, the reporting was that he wanted to play in the game. Yeah, I know all that. See, but we can't believe some things we have to like read through and shift through it and say. Now, this ain't really making sense to me, and that didn't make sense to me. 
Well, we'll see if he goes tonight. So I, I think the Sixers are taking a cautious approach with him. And just frankly, and I'm Mr. Like, don't hit in training camp. Don't play the kicker in the preseason By the way, game. that's over, right? No, it's they should, t- it's, no, it's no, they should still yeah. stick to that. They should still stick to Come that. Come on, man. Two a days. Two but, a days. But we're now eight years into Embiid's career of being cautious. I think at a right. certain point. Not, that, I think that's I think not this, true. They it, haven't it is been true. cautious the last couple of years that's, with them. It's, they, they, have, they have taken the training wheels off in the last couple of years. I don't think that's they true. They haven't sat him in back-to-backs. He's played through a lot of stuff. They're I'm gonna, talking about when he's injured. Like, when, when he is dealing with something. I also I wonder if... All year, if you're told it's not a huge deal if you don't play, and then in the playoffs, all of a sudden, it's like you got to play in these games. I, I just, I think it's time for Joel to play in the meaningful games. And if if he is seriously hurt, then that is obviously, I understand that. Worst obviously. case scenario, right? But in the but most of what it is with Joel when he doesn't play is like think about the playoffs, right? And then you get a lot of that. It's like I wish Joel played. It's like whoa, worry about the playoffs. Like no, I want to see Joel play in these games. Like I'm sorry that as someone that likes watching the Sixers, it matters to me if Joel plays. I'm well, not just going to sit around for four months and not care if he plays. Well, and and for someone again like us who are pro Joel guys, I'm you, you tweeting out. I'm tweeting out. Uh, if you're not paying attention to Joel, you, right. know, you don't know what you're missing out on. He's scoring 70 points, historic, all this and that and the other. And then this goes on. So it's hard to get people to buy in and watch and celebrate him like we wanted everybody to celebrate him mm-hmm. when he scored the 70 and everybody's saying, no, I'll wait to the playoffs. He's always injured. This and that and the other. Right. And now you're dealing with this. Like that's like that's where it goes back to. But but then the whether he should have played on Saturday aside, I do think it's also it is worrisome that his knee is swelling. Yes, <laughs> like that is yes, that, that is, is definitely yes. definitely worrisome. Well, that just goes back to the whole thing. He's always injured, right? Like it, it, you still can't avoid it. Yeah, it's always it feels like it's <laughs> yeah. always something. And to your point yeah. about defending him, it's like well, he doesn't have success in the playoffs, and it's like well, if he had a great backup center, they actually would have beat. Like I'm tired of giving qualifiers. <laughs> well, Paul Reed, saying, Paul man. Reed is here now. He scored thirty. And, in that and honestly, game. that's why I enjoyed the MVP so much because it was finally accomplishment. Where there's I no, agree. he was the best player in the league. Like he had the great night to celebrate. That was awesome. It feels yeah. like every other beat accomplishment. Like I'm sitting here and going, well, he gets Eastern Conference Player of the Week a whole bunch. Like who mm-hmm. cares about that? Like um, that's good growth from you. That that's what you hear from us too right now. What fatigue. I know, I know. You guys are you're beaten down. It's, it's tough. It's tough defending them. Yeah. Someone call the ambulance for Ike and Elliot. Yeah, like I'm getting ready to watch a game on Saturday. All of a sudden, it's like he's out. It was like, a great game. It was a great that game. Wasn't it was great, a great. What do you mean game. it wasn't a great game? Pat Bev led Sixers would be the the, the most fun Listen, Sixers team we've had was, around here. I was forever. proud of him. Listen, I, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I raise my hand, and and I'm not ashamed to admit it. If the stars aren't playing, I don't care. I don't care if it's a close game. I don't care if it goes into triple overtime. I respect if it, that. If Embiid, Maxi aren't out there, why am I watching? What? I don't care to see I Paul Reed score 30. You almost put Toby in that. I did. But you see yeah. me caught myself. No, I, know. Yeah, I know. You yeah, did. I, did. I, 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 I appreciated that. I saw I'm, your tweet about the Blazers game. I was like, yeah. I, guess, I guess Ike's not. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as I heard that they weren't playing, I'm like, what the hell am I watching this for? Yeah, and they got blown out. Too. Yeah, and I got to stay up to 10, 11, 12 o'clock. It wasn't worth staying up. Oh. Yeah. They shouldn't have oh, got blown I out. I did hit two nice parlays Fine. last night. <laughs> wake up, see it in the bank account. <laughs> Let's sneak it, Andy and Deffer. What's happening, Andy? Yo, yo. What's up, fellas? How we doing? What's up, Andy? What's up, Andy? Yo, man, I can't get this fan base a little bit. Do I want to trade A.J. Brown? Hell no. I mean, you look at, let's let's take a visit back in the past. Throughout McNabb's whole career here, all we did was cry that we he never had no receivers. Right? You had James Trash and Todd Stinson for all those years. All we did was whine and complain, oh, let's get him some legit weapons. We get him a stud receiver they go to the Super Bowl the next year. And we haven't had a receiver in town to that caliber since that man A.J. Brown came back in town. And now we're talking about wanting to package him out of here. It makes zero sense to me. I, I just don't get it. Well, it's I guess, been- but again, we do this whole thing with Pinkston and Thrash, and I get it. Devontae Smith is here. Dallas Goddard's here. They have enough. Is it as good? Of course not. But they do have it. It's not like he's, we're leaving him with the cupboard being completely bare. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, but I've, I've never seen Devontae Smith single-handedly take over a game yet, and he's been in the league three years. I haven't seen it. Really good player, you know, toe-tap magician, you know, does all that, but I have never seen him take over a game single-handedly. I just don't get this fan base. The same fan base wants to love to rip our quarterback for his demeanor because he's calm, cool, and collective on the sideline. You know, do we want some more from him? Absolutely. But 
That's his personality. So we want to rip him for that because he's not a rah-rah kind of guy and doing all this emotional stuff on the sideline. But yet, we want to praise a center for ripping his shirt off, chugging beers, oh, embarrassing <laughs> the team on national TV. That's the guy we want to praise, but the quarterback we want to rip because his personality. Yeah, can I just don't think those are gentlemen? comparable. Andy, those aren't comparable. But, but can you imagine if Jalen acted like that? I think people say, would oh, love man, it. What's wrong with this guy? Is he an alcoholic? Does he have a problem with alcohol? <laughs> but it's I, okay I, when a center does it. You know, a, a line, center man. who's making more money than the quarterback, too, by the way. He's making more money last year than the quarterback. One year. You know, he's, he's, he's influential to the team as a, as a center. But, 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 but Andy, that's but, that, okay. but, that, but that's what – that if Jalen were doing that, that would be out of Jalen's character if he were doing that. That's not like Jalen to be doing that. He hasn't exhibited that type of behavior at any point in time throughout his career. So, of course, that would raise eyebrows. It doesn't raise eyebrows when Jason Kelsey is having a good time watching his brother play in a playoff game. Listen, you want to say it was a little much? Okay, to each his own, it was a little much. I'm not going to have a fit about it. He didn't break any laws. He didn't didn't hurt anybody. Um, But, yeah, I I can understand what some people may say, okay, that was a little over the top. But Jason Kelsey, based on what he did at the parade and things he's done, he he announced that he was still playing. Nick Sirianni sent him a keg of beer. He was chugging a a pitcher of beer when he announced he was – Took a shot with Howie. He took a shot with Howie last year when he announced that he was going to come back and play. So that sort of fits into – Jason Kelsey's personality and his character. And his play didn't drop off. And, 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 and let me just correct you on one other thing. Don't start impugning the, 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 the entire fan base. The fan base isn't trying to trade A.J. Brown. Jack Fritz is trying to <laughs> trade A.J. Brown. It's not the fan base. I agree. I, I feel you on your points with Kelsey. So why is, it, why is it okay for us to pick apart the quarterback with his personality and him being more – laid back and not a rah-rah kind of leader. It's okay for us well, to Andy, pick him apart but for Andy, that. I think you're talking but, about two different things real quick. Like, we're talking about Jalen's leadership style in a game, like in season, versus mm-hmm. how Jason is acting at an off-season season event. Yes. Like, if Jason was taking his shirt off and drinking on the sideline during a game, <laughs> I think I think people would be like, maybe he that's also not get suspended, too. Yeah, yeah. I think there'll be a lot of issues to talk <laughs> yes. about. So, yeah, I think that I just don't think they're comparable. No, and, and the thing with Jalen was more or less about helping the team get out of the funk that they were in and yeah. people wanting him to sort of step up and be more vocal. Oh, and by the way, that isn't just fans saying that. That was felt on the inside. Mm-hmm. That that came out of the building. So that's not just fans. That's teammates, maybe coaches, maybe front office people that felt that way that they wanted Jalen to be a little more assertive. It's, it's not the same thing. Right. And, and listen, Jason yesterday, I mean, Sunday, give him credit, man. He dialed it down. Yeah, he calmed down. I mean, the shirt he dialed up. He yeah, kept it, was, it on. I wish he had took that thing off he had on. I don't know what that Was that some type of chief? Uh, big it had Yeti. to be some chief. It looked like a big red shirt. It yeah. Did. I, think it's one of, I think it's for their podcast. The uh, big Yeti thing, and then it's cheap. Well, hold color. on. Why can't we send him a WIP morning no, show Oh, he had a Yeti t-shirt on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm talking about the yellow and red. Oh, yeah, the Hawaiian like, yeah, the, shirt. Yeah, the yeah, Hawaiian yeah. shirt. That's what red. I'm talking yeah, about. That's right. the shirt I'm talking about. That probably about. was big red. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Like, that was more distracting than yeah. anything. We'll so was, have a good time in Vegas. What was your biggest <laughs> uh, what was your biggest takeaway, Eagles-wise, from championship weekend? So my biggest takeaway was watching the Chiefs get back there. It just made me feel, again, just how much Jalen and Nick – like let the team down this year, because you you look at why are the Chiefs there? It's because they have a great head coach and a great quarterback and a great defensive coordinator and a great defense coordinator. Yeah, for don't sure. leave Spags out. I'm not gonna let y'all leave. Yeah, Spags for sure. Out. That's never de- disrespect. Definitely Spags. part of it. Definitely part of a, it. A huge part of yes. it. Yes, but Mahomes Mahomes was great in the playoffs. Think about this Sunday, real quick. Chiefs were up seventeen to seven at halftime. They won seventeen to ten. Yeah, they score. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They didn't score again the rest of the game. No. They scored a couple drives the early. I mean, they scored their first drive. The first two drives. Yeah, the first two drives. 14-7. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Baltimore didn't give up anything else after that, yeah. but they couldn't get anything really. Yeah. I mean, now, against the Bills, I think they scored what? Were they in the 30s against the Bills? No, it was 20s. No, yeah, 20, I think okay. it was, what, 27-24, something like that? I thought it was maybe 28-24, but either way. Something like that, yeah. I just, when you look at the Chiefs, their ability to handle success. They shut down the Dolphins' offense, they too. They did, yeah. The, the, Spags is great. I agree. Spags is great. 
But the Chiefs' will, the Chiefs' ability to handle success, mm-hmm. I think, is very admirable. And I think it starts at the top with Andy and the quarterback. And I totally Patrick. agree. Whereas the Eagles did not handle success well this year. Yep. Nope. They didn't. And it should have been the Eagles going back. Like, the Eagles, I know the defense fell apart, but they had they should have had the quarterback, head coach, and offense to be right there with the Niners. You know why? Because Andy's gotten like Bill Belichick now. And what I mean by that is he's not satisfied with success. He's not going out writing books. Mm-hmm. He did a couple of State Farm commercials, but I'm pretty sure they had to force him to do that right. stuff. He's pretty good. In other words, he still knows what the grind is like and loves that process and puts his team through that same grind every year. That's the only way you get to six straight AFC championship games. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a process he believes in that he sticks to. And well, the players buy in. And, and of course, because they get rewarded with the success. And I do think that Jalen and Nick work hard. I don't think oh, this course. is this yes. isn't a Doug thing. Like, yes. I, but, I agree with you on that. But yes. I think that now that the season's Some over. Some players didn't work as hard last I, year. I agree with that. But I think now that it's over, you can look and go, Jalen and Nick, like the the task at hand this year, I'm not sure they handled it well. Like I don't think Jalen had a great year. There were lots of issues with the locker room. They didn't with keep Nick. the main thing. The main thing. I I just I'm excited to see what they do next year when they're not coming off of this success. Get hungrier. Right. But watching watching the Chiefs go back, like it reminded me that last year we were all going to Arizona for the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. We all mm-hmm. talked all year about going to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so watching the Chiefs get back reminds you that as much as Eagles had some excuses this year. They didn't get back because their best people weren't at their best. God. And that's what's disappointing. If only the Phils didn't blow six and seven, then I could have made that argument. Yeah, you know the what Sixers I mean? didn't blow game six. They were close. Yeah, yeah. they were close. <laughs> yeah, it looks like everybody took their chance at blowing, yeah. blowing yeah. it. The union almost won. Oh, we could forget. The yeah. Twitter questions that are sponsored by Mark's Jewelers. Looking for the perfect engagement ring? Visit Mark's Jewelers for diamond engagement rings to fit every budget. Online at marksifenjewelers.com. Elliot, thanks for your time as always. Man, it always flies by. That was fast, brother. It does it fly flies. by. It does you fly stay by. stay another hour. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we got the Vanderpump premiere tonight, so I got to go get ready. That is big. Yeah, yeah you enjoy that. Thank you enjoy you. that. I hope you live tweet it. I hope you I live might. tweet it. I might. So uh, get in now. Uh, we'll get back into the AJ Brown discussion. Also, we threw LeBron out there. Obviously, a big name. If the Sixers came down, Toby and two first for LeBron, would you pull the trigger? Do it, Daryl. Do it. 215-592-9494 to get into it all. Back into the Eagles and the Sixers next on the afternoon show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.